Hey guys, you've tuned into this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. This week's show got a lot of good information, so we'll hope you'll join us. You ever wonder where all that money goes from the big organizations such as Ducks Unlimited and Delta Waterfowl that we fund as hunters? Well, in this week's show, we're going to be talking specifically about some new projects going on here in Louisiana that your tax dollars and money is going towards in order to help our waterfowl hunting and the waterfowl populations for many generations to come. We're also going to be talking about a story making national headlines that you may want to get my takes on. So we hope you'll join us on this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. Let's go, guys. Hey, good afternoon, boys and girls. Hope everybody's doing great this week on this very hot Wednesday afternoon here in Louisiana. Hope all y'all are doing great. Um, we're in the middle of the work week. It's hump day. Or like my one of my favorite commercials of all time, hump day. It's hump day this week. So we here on Wednesday trying to make it through the work week so we can hopefully get to the weekend and get outdoors and enjoy some fishing. Maybe you're heading to the camp this weekend just to ch chill out and relax and maybe have a few cold beverages of your choice. So uh, the weather's been pretty pretty nice this week here in Louisiana, I have to say, for the most part. Starting to get those rain showers every afternoon when the heat, the temperatures rise. But man, it has been extremely hot, as I'm sure a lot of you are experiencing across the south. It's just that time of year. We talked about that. We're in the dog days of summer right now. A lot of stuff going on out there um, you know in the in the national news right now discussions of whether the kids are gonna be going back to school here in August and um, you know I know that they're making a big push or at least the, the president and his uh, his cabinet are making a big push for us to kind of re resume some normalcy and get the kids back to school and uh, my wife being a teacher she, she's preparing as normal to get ready and head back to school so the kids aren't necessarily ready for it but I know us as parents, a lot of you as parents, you're ready for them to get back and kind of get back into a normal routine again. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping that that's able, they're able to do that and get back to school. But, guys, I wanted to open up this show. Uh, got some really good topics I want to discuss on this this new episode. And uh, they have they have a story that, that really has hit home with me that's in the national news this week, and I'm not sure... Maybe some of you have heard about it, and some of you probably haven't heard about it yet. But there's a story that broke out of Florida this past week where there was a story reported on a local news station out of Lake Wells, Florida, which is located in central Florida. For those of you who aren't the best in geography as I was, I had to look it up and, and, and kind of take a look at where, where this town was. But there was a story that was reported on the news this past week that there was a, gr a group of three friends that had went out to take a fishing trip and they were headed to their camp like many of us do for the weekend and that those three friends never made it to the camp because they were there was an accident that had and it was reported that those three friends that were headed on that fishing trip were murdered now guys you know as well as I do I'm not one that normally talks about national news on the show we try to keep it mainly geared towards outdoors. Um, but I felt that since this was an outdoor, you know, style of story, these guys were three outdoorsmen that were brutally murdered, that it caught my attention and it caught a lot of our, our attention nationally 
as outdoorsmen because this is something that we take for granted and we do on a normal basis. We, we hook up with our buddies during the hunting season. We hook up with our buddies on the weekend and go fishing. That's our getaway. That's our way to, to let off some steam from the work week and just relax. And when I started looking into this story and I started getting the details of this story, this story is very, very intriguing to me as an outdoorsman because this could have happened to any of us. So what I'm going to do is I'll kind of recap what the high, some of the highlights and details of this specific story that has been in the national news over the last couple of days. So as I mentioned, there was three friends, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recognize these three victims that were in, in this specific case. They, you had a 23-year-old gentleman by the name of Damian Tillman. You had a 30-year-old friend of his by the name of Kevin Springfield, and a 27-year-old friend by the name of Brandon Rollins. Now these three guys are, you know, from what they've told, the details are every normal, you know, everyday blue collar guys. They were headed out late after work over the weekend. They were ready to go to the fishing camp. They had a fishing trip planned and that's where they were heading to the camp to go sleep and do some fishing. So these three guys, you know, I want to bring their name to light because I think that they are the ones that need to be the primary focus of this story. Not the, not the people and the, and the demons and, the, and the, the, the no good people. They don't need that, that you know, it really, guys, it gets me mad and I'm frustrated when I, when I talk about it. But these, these people, they have the suspects in custody now. And it was a group of three suspects. These people are not the people I want to focus on because, in my opinion, the national media tends to always focus on the negative and give give these type of people that caused this horrific incident all the limelight but they have now since this story has unraveled over the last couple of days they have three suspects in custody as we speak today on Wednesday afternoon these three suspects are in custody two of them are guys and one's a girl and just to fill you in on a little bit of the details of what happened was they stopped at a Dollar General. The three the three victims were at a Dollar General, and they were targeted and followed after they left that Dollar General that evening, or whatever store they were at. I think it's a Dollar General, from what I read. They they were targeted by these three absolute demons, in my opinion, and were followed as they were heading to their camp to go fishing for the weekend. Well, at some point, they were stopped on a backcountry road headed to their camp. They were confronted by these three people, these two men and this one, this one woman, were confronted. And they had some BS story about how one of the victims had stole his truck or he thought he had stole his truck and, and proceeded to pick a fight with these three guys. So at some point in this fight, an exchange of words it got escalated into physical intimidation one of one of the suspects began to beat on physically beat or punch the, one of the guys and that guy from what I understand was in his own vehicle and he had reached the destination where these three suspects were waiting on him 
his two buddies were in the truck a little bit ways behind. They were they were about you know ten to fifteen minutes behind, from what I understand. So they they weren't with him specifically quite yet. So they target this individual, start a fight with him, begin to beat him up physically, and then shoot shoot this guy in cold blood. So as this has occurred, the two other victims are driving up in another vehicle and see that the road's blocked and notice that it's their buddy's truck. And as they pull up and get out to see what's going on, they are brutally murdered in cold blood by being shot to death. So can you imagine as an outdoorsman you headed to your camp and this is something that you confronted with? Now, guys, look, I'm not the greatest storyteller when it comes to some of this. So, you know, the facts are the facts. They're out there. They're available. You can go and read the story of what happened. But at some point, one of these victims was able to hit his cell phone and make a phone call to his father because he knew something wasn't right. The father answers the phone from what the, the police say. And his son tells them that they're in danger. Something's not right. But the father was aware of where they were. He was aware that they were headed to the fishing camp to do some fishing. And he, as any other father or parent would, immediately rushes out of his home in the middle of the night to go and try to see what's going on with his children. When he gets to the scene, the suspects have done fled the scene by that point. And he finds his son, along with his two friends, dead on arrival when he gets there. They've been brutally murdered, beaten, and shot to death by these three demons. Now, as police started investigating this case, what these three suspects did is they left a Dollar General bag with a receipt at the crime scene that was recovered by police. So that, that was their that was the ultimate mistake that they made there. So police were then able to go back, pull video footage from one of the convenience stores or from the Dollar General, I think it was, in this case, and they were able to pinpoint that the three victims were indeed on the site when the suspects were there earlier that night. So these, these, like I said, and I refer to them as these demons because that's what these are, these people are, they're demons. These demons, for some reason, took it upon themselves to follow these guys and had the plan that they were gonna either kill them or they were going to beat them till they were almost dead. That's all it could have been. And they ended up succeeding at both of those. From what the police said, the, the when you looked at the national interview that they did with the, with the sheriff, he said it was one of the worst scenes he had ever been to in his life, in his profession. That's, that's unbelievable. Unbelievable. 
that something like this would happen to three innocent people like that. And, and people say, well, it happens every day. But it's not all right. That's, we have become so immune to stuff like this that some people, don't. it doesn't even phase them when they hear stories like this. But us as outdoorsmen, guys, we're not like that. We're a tight-knit community. We are. And I mourn for these three gentlemen as if I knew them when I read this story and I got more into this story. Many of you probably have heard this story feel the same. Some of you may be hearing it from me for the first time. I may not have all the details exactly right. I invite you to go on, you know, to any main media stream right now. The story is readily available for you to read the details on. The victim's father found them. How? I mean, it, I couldn't even imagine getting to the to that scene and and witnessing what that father had to go through as a father seeing his son dead like on site with his two of his good friends and get this get this this was something that was brought up that they they uncovered so after the after these three demons kill these suspects these three young gentlemen they had the audacity to drive to a mcdonald's they were hungry they drive to a mcdonald's And these fucking demons, excuse my language, they order 10 double cheeseburgers from McDonald's and two McChickens. Are you fucking kidding me? They go on about their night as if nothing happened. They thought they got away with it. They thought they got away with it. Life goes on as normal in their book that night probably paid for the food with the, with the wallets and the money they probably stole from the victims guys look I could make a whole podcast out of this out of this story that's making national news but I, I don't want to I don't want to focus only on the negative guys I don't I just wanted to bring this story up and bring it to your attention as outdoorsmen listening to our podcast because it could happen to any of us. You have to be aware of your surroundings nowadays, guys, no matter where you are. Ladies, if you're listening, if, if, if your boyfriend or your husband and you're, you hunt with them and you're in outdoors with them or you're not interested in outdoors, I highly suggest learning how to, to protect yourselves whether that's with pepper spray tasers learning how to shoot a firearm the NRA is looking for new members every day it's a great opportunity and time and with all the crazy events in our world going on right now to get out there and learn how to handle a firearm properly but most importantly, become a, a member of the NRA. Help protect our Second Amendment rights. And learn to protect yourselves, most importantly. Because you never know. A situation like this could be you. 
But I'd just like to pray for these three victims. I know, I know God has a plan for them. And, and, I, and I hope that these three demons that took it upon themselves to take these people's lives serve and get the justice that they that they they deserve. You know, the sheriff did an interview today, an update on the case. I saw the interview that he did. He said if it was up to him, he's going to push for the death penalty of these three, three suspects. And he said, unfortunately, they cannot experience the pain. And the criminal system can't do, by law, cannot do to these three suspects and inflict the amount of pain that these three victims went through. And, that, and he's probably 100% correct. He's probably correct. So guys, that's, that's going to be all I'm going to talk about that story. But I wanted to bring it up in this episode this week. Because I think these, these victims deserve their names and their story to be told. And we all need to pray for them and their families so I ask that when you bow your head tonight before bed you say a prayer for these outdoorsmen that had their lives taken from them and pray for their families alright guys we're going to take a break here and we'll come back we're going to be discussing tax dollars and some new programs that we got going on in Louisiana for us waterfowl hunters and outdoorsmen that's going to create some great opportunities for future generations. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, guys, I'm back. I got my composure back. I do apologize if I got a little emotional in segment one, but that was a, that was a, a tough story to talk about with all of y'all. But I feel like I can do that with you. Um, and I thank you all for, for taking the time to listen and learn a little bit about that story we discussed in segment one. But I want to shift gears now back to waterfowl, back to, back to some positivity, guys. So over the years, many of you are familiar that we've had our organizations we all support, like Ducks Unlimited, Delta Waterfowl, or, or you, you know other organizations that are possibly out there or just causes that are out there to help the waterfowl population to help us have uh, better opportunities and success during the hunting season to you know have better you know crops of waterfowl each season and habitat and there's those organizations whether you have a, a, a you know a, opinion on them that's leaning toward the positive or the negative that you that you're right as an outdoorsman some some people don't support these organizations and there's good reasons I'm sure for it and, but you oftentimes hear us talk about, hey, where where does the money that we donate, or where does the, you know that money go to? Do you actually ever see it? Oh, it only goes to, you know, the wealthy. Oh, <clears throat> they pocket a lot of that money, and it doesn't go necessarily to nobody. I'm sure somebody's pocketing it. Well, in this week's show, we're going to talk about two instances that I can tell you for certain have been announced that are going on in our state here in Louisiana that are being funded by money from those organizations. 
<coughs> excuse me. The first one I want to talk about was announced over the last couple of weeks. And for us public land waterfowl hunters, this is some phenomenal news. I have to be quite honest with everybody. Ducks Unlimited put out a statement on their website that they have partnered with the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries for a project that's going to be occurring on Sherburn Wildlife Management Area located between Lafayette and Baton Rouge. And many of us are familiar with Sherburn. I talk about Sherburn quite often, give reports from Sherburn. We have a camp there in Sherburn based in the Atchafalaya Basin on Whiskey Bay, right between the Atchafalaya River and Mississippi River. So this project, DU is funding to better public waterfowl hunting. How about that one? How often do you hear those projects going around or going on? And in this particular project, those of you who hunt Sherbin or are familiar with Sherbin, you're familiar with the South Forum Complex, Sherbin has a 28,000, or I'm sorry, Sherbin consists of 28,000 acres, the wildlife management area itself. But they have dedicated 728 acres on the north end located by 190, Highway 190, that cuts through Livonia and Crot Springs, all those areas. A lot of you take that route, you go to Billy's, get you some boonass, some hoghead cheese, a little bit of gratons. But this 728 acre area is located on the north end of the Sherburn Wildlife Management Area Complex. So Wildlife and Fisheries and Ducks Unlimited have partnered together and the main goal is to enhance public waterfowl hunting for the areas of Lafayette and Baton Rouge. Now Ducks Unlimited is stating that this is a vital area of our state for waterfowl habitat, winter migration, and other shorebirds and wildlife. So this isn't only going to help us waterfowl hunters, hopefully. This is going to help the deer hunting. It's going to help your rabbit, your small game, your squirrel hunting. It's also going to help create levee systems. That's part of the project. Create some levee systems to be able to flood these areas from what the details of the project dictate. Because right now, according to Louisiana Wildlife and Fisheries, this portion of the Serban complex, which they're labeling as the North Form, North Form Restoration Project is what it's called. But Wildlife and Fisheries tells us that right now they have no means of flooding the North Form area in order to improve waterfowl hunting or any other hunting for that matter currently as it stood before this project started. So you're looking at 728 acres, guys, on the north side of Sherbin Wildlife Management Area. Then you have the management area, and then you have the lower end, with which houses currently the South Forum Complex. And those of you who are familiar with the South Forum Complex, there's lots of good waterfowl opportunities on South Forum usually. It's a lottery hunt system. We talked about South Forum in our last show last week. So South Forum provides some excellent opportunity. They do some forming. 
They do some moist soil projects out there. They have some great crawfishing opportunities in the off season. And it creates a phenomenal waterfowl habitat for the Sherbin Wildlife Management Area. So now this project is being funded by Ducks Unlimited with your money that you donate through Ducks Unlimited as well as some other organizations to help public waterfowl hunting on the north end of Sherbin Complex. So guys, I don't I don't know how you feel about it, but that's that's some phenomenal information to hear. That is great to hear. And we're not looking at a project that's scheduled to finish 30, 40 years from now that they're waiting on the funding for. They already have the money for the funding. Guys, this project, when do you think it's going to be complete possibly? We're looking at putting in some new levee systems. They're looking at putting in new irrigation to help flood the 728 acres. Well, excuse me, not flood the whole 728 acres. The, the project, a portion is being formed, just like South Forum, and the other portion is managed in moist soil. And what they're stating is that it will create high quality foraging habitat for waterfowl and shorebirds migrating and wintering in this area. That's their exact quote that Ducks Unlimited has up on their site. As I mentioned, they don't have a way currently to flood it. So they help, They needed this help, Louisiana Wildlife and Fisheries, needed this help in order to be able to flood it and create a moist soil habitat that's good for waterfowl hunting. They are saying, Ducks Unlimited, like I mentioned, is saying that this area of the Mississippi Flyway is vital, in their opinion, to migratory birds coming down during the winter and having a, pl a place to stay, winter, rest, feed, and migrate, carry on through the migration pattern. So for us as hunters, guys, you know, we have two big metropolitan areas. You have Baton Rouge, you have Lafayette. Sherbin's located smack dab in between both of them. So if you're a resident of Acadiana or you're a resident of the Red Stick, this is phenomenal news for us as hunters, especially public waterfowl hunters. Because how often, do, like I mentioned earlier, do you hear money being given or projects like this being created for the public waterfowl hunter? And guys, like I mentioned, I asked the question, when do you think this project's gonna be completed? Well, the answer is simply, they saying this project's gonna be done this summer. That's right, this summer, guys. So teal season opens up in September. A lot of us are looking forward to teal season. They are telling the public that this project will be completed this summer. Now, what happens from there as far as our wildlife and fisheries taking over from that point and handling it? Is it going to be available for us to hunt? Is it going to be available for us to hunt this season if we are able to hunt it right now? Who knows? We're not sure. Those guidelines haven't been released yet. But guys, this is a story that I'm going to follow closely. And I'm going to try to update you on as more information comes out about it. But this is some phenomenal news once again. For us public waterfowl hunters or just waterfowl in general it's it's you know it's not always geared toward just the hunting side this is great for waterfowl guys to bring waterfowl to our areas to give them a reason to come down to our 
to our, our public reserves that we have. Hopefully this will translate into more migration coming through that area. We'll see more birds coming into the, to the wildlife management area, which will hopefully translate into better hunts for us as hunters. We're seeing our donations and our tax money go back into a project that we will be able to utilize and you can't get better than that as an outdoorsman and a conservationist at the same time. That's phenomenal news. So when you're wondering about a project like that, that's one example that we got going on now in the state of Louisiana. There's another project, however, that's going on right now in our state that has not started yet, but it, it's a long time coming and it focuses more on the area. It's a, it's a wildlife management area that it affects greatly. It's the Marpaw Swamp Coastal Restoration Project. And a few weeks ago on our, on our Facebook page, we shared a video highlighting the details of the Marpaw Swamp Restoration Project that's been created. Now for years and years and years, Marpaw Swamp was one of the pristine waterfowl habitats in the United States, guys. The Marpaw Swamp in the 60s, 70s, 80s, even the 50s, was one of the top waterfowl hunting destinations in the United States. It was a hard bottom, or hardwood bottom, Tupelo gum swamp located in St. James Parish between, between Baton Rouge and New Orleans off of I-10 and Highway 61, which is Airline Highway. For decades and many, many hunting seasons, numerous numbers of waterfowl migration came to this area. Mallards, in particular, were one of the top species hunted in this area for many decades. My father-in-law is from this area. My wife grew up in this area. My father-in-law tells me stories about how they used to walk the swamp and there were so many greenheads in the swamp that you almost had to wear earplugs because it was that loud. He said you'd look on the water and all you saw was green, green. He said because there was that many mallards in it. Those of you who are into the Duck Commander videos, the first, the very first Duck Men won where Phil Robertson and Warren Coco were in the swamp hunting and they were killing mallards and they were killing widgeons and Gadwall. That first duck commander, or Duck Man 1, was filmed in the Marpaw Swamp back in the, I think it was the late 70s, maybe early 80s. And they have stories that I've heard Phil Robertson tell personally when we talked to him. And Mr. Warren Coco, I'm a go-devil dealer. I talk to Mr. Warren on a regular basis. He's told me stories about the Marpaw Swamp and how phenomenal the hunting was and that it was a shame to see it disappear over the years and deteriorate. So what happened, there's lots of, there's lots of theories on what happened, but, but from what science is telling us and where this, this new project that's coming about, the information that they've collected is that over the years, storm surges, saltwater intrusion, it's killed the swamp. It's killed the Marpaw Swamp. 
So the fishing has deteriorated. The wildlife has left. The ducks have left. You still see wood ducks there. But the swamp has not done well over the last couple of decades. You've introduced invasive species, salvania, giant salvania. Now they have apple snails that you see in this area quite often. The, the holes that were in the swamp where the ducks used to go to and they could, they could fly into and you could hunt have been clogged up and chalked up with salvania. So those holes, when you fly over, I've seen drone footage of it, guys. You fly over with a drone and the Maripal Swamp has no openings in the swamp anymore, Harlan, at all. And you're talking a vast area that goes all the way from Blind River to Lake Maripal and all the surrounding areas. It's a lot, a lot of swamp. So, with this Maripal Swamp Coastal Restoration Project, what the main goals are is to revitalize the swamp, bring it back to life. Because over the years, the swamp has died. For generations, it's been dying. That's what's driven all the wildlife away for the most part. It's what drove the ducks away. We have cypress trees that no longer make leaves, you know, any kind of cypress needles, balls, nothing like that. They're still standing, but they their root systems are weak. You don't have you have water that comes out of the swamp. The only irrigation that, that's able to fill the swamp now is from rainwater. Rainwater gets into the swamp itself. You have decomposing leaves from the forage on the trees, creates little to no oxygen in the water. Therefore, you get a, a dark stained clear water, which is not good because it has no oxygen. So the fish, the fishing struggles, the fish have no, the crawfish don't survive. It kills off a lot of the main ingredients that we need for the swamp to thrive and for the wildlife to thrive on. So with the project that's now being funded, Who's funding it? Where's the money coming from? For years, we've been hearing now about, oh, they were going to build a diversion off the Mississippi River to come up through, you know, and, and, and attach back to the swamp. That way it could revitalize. But they said, you'll never see it in your lifetime. People have told me that. Jacob, you'll never see that in your lifetime. They've been talking about that for years. We'll never see it, if it even happens. Well, guys, they now have the funding for it. That's what this project's going to be. So where does this money come from? Why all of a sudden now do they have the money to fund this project? Well, if you guys remember, you look back a couple of years ago, and you remember a little thing that happened out in the Gulf of Mexico called the Deepwater Horizon, and you remember all the fines that they had to pay, BP had to pay for the Deepwater Horizon, this is one of the projects that those funds are going to help fund. They have partnered with the Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership. That's what they're calling this organization that they've partnered with. The funding that's going to head this up is the Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal organization that helps fund projects all across the United States. A lot of politics involved in it, but they have got it passed through now where this organization is going to be heading up this project. 
and the money for this project is funded from fines from the BP oil spill or the Deepwater Horizon that we experienced years ago in our state. They are terming this as one of the largest restoration projects in Louisiana history, this project. And this project's gonna take, take place in the Maripal Swamp region, or the Maripal Swamp Wildlife Management Area here in South Louisiana. It's located between Baton Rouge and New Orleans, I mentioned that off of Highway 61 and, it, and Interstate I-10. And what they're gonna do is they're gonna build a diversion, guys, off of the Mississippi River, which is only located five miles away from where the swamp starts at. They're gonna build this diversion and they're gonna pump nutrients from the Mississippi River into the swamp and back into the swamp to bring it back to life. Now this isn't as big as some of the, the diversion projects that they've done in other areas such as Carnarvon and you know as you go down the coast this is mainly does not it's not going to move the amount of sediment as those will this one is the design is going to be designed to just pump fresh water with nutrients into the swamp to keep it at its peak and revitalize the swamp bring it back to life and what they're saying is once this diversion is created and attached to the swamp it is immediately gonna cause wildlife to come back fishing to get increase and get better and it's gonna bring a lot of birds that have left the area over the years back to our area so how how great of a project is something like this if this is if this does what they're saying it's gonna do with the, it, with the money and the funds that they say they're going to use it for. It's only, any any great project like this is only good if it is in the interest of the people, the best interest of the people and the species of animals that it protects. So if they do and carry out what they say they're going to carry out, guys, this could be another phenomenal project for us as waterfowl hunters and outdoor enthusiasts in our state of Louisiana. Now, as with any other project, you know how it goes. A lot of politics are involved. A lot of people have a say, and, uh, have their hand in the cookie jar. They all want a piece of the piece of it. So hopefully, this goes according to plan and what they're saying it's going to do. Now, when is this project going to start? Because this is a project that hasn't started yet. What they're telling us is that this project. Is going to start in around 2022, and there it's going to go online as they term it in 2022, and hopefully it will be completed by 2025. So, guys, we're looking at just a couple of years if this thing goes according to plan. So, those of us who have been hearing for decades and generations that oh, you'll never get the funding, it'll never happen in our lifetime, we may be able to get a opportunity to experience this and me I'm I'm, I'm fairly <clears throat> you know I always joke and say I'm an older guy but I'm a fairly young guy fairly young man still I'm 41 years old I'll be able to experience this hopefully in my lifetime with my sons my wife's family has had a camp there for generations many many 
outdoorsmen have had camps there for generations in the Blind River, Marpaw, Manchac area, all these areas. A lot of people, when the hunting went down and the fishing went down, they sold camps. They moved to other areas that the outdoors was activities were a lot better. Well, for those of you who hung on to your family's property through those generations, this could be an amazing opportunity to bring the swamp back to what you once experienced and what your fathers and your forefathers experienced. We're talking giant cypress trees, waterfowl that, that was just clouds of waterfowl in the skies, guys. And who knows, it may not come back like it once was, but if it's a fraction improved over what it is now, it'll be, it'll be a, a step in the right direction. And I think most of us would have to agree with that. It'll be a step in the right direction for sure. It's going to create a healthier swamp, which will also help with natural disasters such as storm surges, guys. You get hurricanes that come through the area that hit the coastline. If you got a swamp that's healthy and doesn't have a lot of rotted trees and just weak, brittle trees, they're going to grow bigger. They're going to grow stronger. They'll be more flexible. It'll create storm barriers to help protect your areas in, in this particular area, such as your Baton Rouge, your Gonzales, your Ascension Parish, your St. James, Lutcher, Gramercy, all these, these towns that get affected by hurricanes oftentimes. It'll help create storm barriers. The swamp will be stronger and revitalized. It can be a phenomenal thing in that area as well. Another thing that pumping all this fresh water in from the river, from the Mississippi River, you divert all this, this fresh water with this, this good nutrients and everything into the swamp, it's also going to help fight these invasive species that we talked about earlier that are now in, in the swamp because it doesn't have any fresh water. It doesn't have oxygen in the water. Your good grasses are going to come back. Hopefully it will help deter and kill a lot of this salvania that you see clogged up in these holes. They are claiming that it's going to flush this stuff out. These apple snails that are now an invasive species that are taking over. You're seeing them everywhere. You see these red things on these cypress trees? Wherever you hunt waterfowl or you fish or you deer hunt, that's apple snails that are now an invasive species being identified as an invasive species, guys. It's not good for the natural habitat and the ecosystem. So, pumping all this water <clears throat> with this good sediment, these good nutrients, it's going to liven up the swamp again and it's going to get it going. It's going to help with that type of stuff, hopefully. So guys, when you sit back and you look at, hey, you ever wonder like I did, or, and like I do still to this day, well, hey, where does that money go from these organizations? Or, hey, yeah, I hear that BP got fined all this money to the state of Louisiana is going to receive X amount of dollars from the... the Deepwater Horizon and the BP oil spill. But hell, where does that money actually go? Well, I can't tell you where it all goes. Because I'm just a common blue-collar guy like you are. Most of you are. But I can tell you where some of it's going now since they've made these announcements on this project. And as a public participant in the outdoors, as a hunter, you know, an outdoor enthusiast where I enjoy going to my camp, taking my kids tubing, 
swimming in that area in the summertime, I couldn't be happier to hear something like that. I'm so glad to hear that this project has been funded. If you're not familiar with it, I, I, I invite you to hop online. Once again, it's the Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership. If you Google them and you look up the Maripal Swamp Restoration Project, they have a, a video detailing all the details on it, the plans for it, a lot of the information that I've recapped here with you in this podcast episode. You can get some additional details on it. Get the facts, guys. They're there. They're available online for you to go check out. So get the facts on it if you're interested in it. If this project affects you and where you live, it's out there for you to go find some information and look it up. But guys, you know, these are two projects in our state going back to, you know, waterfowl specifics that this is going to create some phenomenal habitat and you heard me so i know i said phenomenal a million times in this episode i don't know why i'm spitting out phenomenal today but it does phenomenal 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 habitat it's going to create some opportunities for us as waterfowl hunters it's going to be a great thing for the waterfowl that come to our state hopefully hopefully they'll start looking at those areas and getting more birds to, to winterize and to migrate into those areas and it and it'll translate into having future generations, our sons, our grandchildren, have successful hunts and just be a great thing for all of us as outdoor enthusiasts and outdoors. So it's good to see this money going back into our communities. It's good to see it going back into our public waterfowl opportunities and public land hunting opportunities. If you can't get behind that, right now guys that's you just don't want to be a part of the game i have to say that you know now i'm not saying you got to go out there and join ducks unlimited and join delta waterfowl and all that stuff that's totally your preference everybody has a preference on what they believe with those organizations but talk going back to the to the sherbin you know north forum project that's that's du helping fund that project so whether you like du or you support them or you don't support them you still have to, to give them a round of applause, you know, and, and give them their, their props on that. You know, if that project unfolds like it's supposed to unfold. And judging by all the information that's been released, it, this thing's going to be wrapped up pretty soon over there, guys. So we might have opportunities as early as this season, if not next season, to be able to hunt. Maybe more lottery hunts. Maybe it creates more lottery hunts in that area. So that could be a, that could be a great thing for us as waterfowl public land waterfowl hunters you know it could be so hopefully our state and our louisiana department of wildlife and fisheries can manage it the way it needs to be managed there's a lot of doubts there on your part as well as mine i know that i know louisiana wildlife fisheries gets a lot of a lot of heat a lot of people don't have a lot of faith in them and for good reason many times but but guys louisiana wildlife fisheries if you're listening when we're, when we're granted the opportunity to partner with an organization like this that's funding these projects, from us as public waterfowl hunters, please do your part in maintaining it and keeping it going. Don't have the money spent on a huge project like these and, and let them go to shit. Please, 
We ask you as waterfowl hunters and Louisiana residents, as an organization, as a government, a state government organization, please, you know, if it, if it, it requires us to go up on hunting licenses and stuff like that, you know, I'm sure most of most of you guys would be all for it as long as we have good access to be able to hunt during hunt season, good fisheries to be able to fish during the off season, during the summertime, the fall seasons. We would love it. We would be more than willing to help out in that area. But guys, this is some great opportunities that's going on right here in our state that we have coming up that hopefully we'll be able to utilize here in the coming years. So I hope if you're not familiar with these two projects, I hope we've brought a little bit of information to you that you weren't aware of, that you are now aware of. We're going in the right positive direction on these two projects, in my opinion. As long as they follow their promises and follow through on their promises that they've made on these projects. So it's looking good, guys. We got some opportunities coming our way. But guys, look, as always, in closing, I just want to tell you all thank you for tuning in to this week's show. I know we had a lot of information. I talked about a lot of stuff this week, guys. And uh, if you haven't listened to our last episode, we invite you. It's up on our Facebook page right now. Um, it's on your favorite podcast streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts. A lot of you have been tuning in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. I've seen a lot of guys tuning in on Spotify lately. If you stumbled upon our show for the first time and some of this information caught your attention, you enjoyed our show, I invite you to join us for each episode. We have Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors is available on your favorite streaming platform. You can go out there and listen to our previous episodes. You can join us on our social media pages, Facebook on the Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. We have a lot of content on our Facebook page. I'm from the Facebook generation, so we do a lot on Facebook. Other social media platforms, we're on TikTok, guys. Got Jackson helping me out with TikTok, man. So we, we're going to be doing more on TikTok. We have Instagram. Got a lot of great photos from our hunting trips across the state. A lot of our fishing trips. Some phenomenal photos up there of our state here in Louisiana. Us in the outdoors. You in the outdoors. So we have a lot of a lot of ways to reach us. Anybody has any comments, feel free to reach out to us on those social media platforms. Touch base with us. But I can't thank you enough for tuning in to another episode with us here. It means a lot to us. We really enjoy this. We do this as, as, as a freelance project because we love it as much as you do. I love listening to other outdoorsmen's podcasts and listening to their experiences and hunting, you know, trips and how it's going and reports. It's what I live and breathe for as an outdoorsman. And many of you feel the same. So guys, let's thank the good Lord above for our opportunities to have experiences in the outdoors and enjoy it with our families and our friends. And I wish everybody a good week until next time. This is Jacob with Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors signing off. Y'all have a good evening, guys.